Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Well, good morning, church. How are you today? Good to see you. How many of you are warm in here today? A couple of you. How many of you are cold in here today? How many of you are lukewarm? Looks like the majority of you. Huh? I'm glad you're here today. I hope you've had a great week. I know we're in a change of, of seasons, change of, uh, really a change of life for, for many families. School will be closing here for this semester and uh, summer break will begin. I was on a call with um, several pastors a couple weeks ago and they, um, they say this in um, the pastor world, uh, this year is the year of vacation. So in the last couple of years, so many people uh, just have been um, sick and afraid to travel. This year is the year of vacation. So they're, they're prepping all of us, you know, to, uh, to be uh, um, mindful that a lot of folks will be traveling. And so I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you're all here today. And my family will be on vacation here coming up here shortly. Uh, my anniversary is next week. I think it is next weekend. And um, so we're going to be away. We'll be here next Sunday, but then we'll leave and be gone for a few days. So you pray for us. And I hope that you get some time of rest. Um, we need to rest. We need, we need to um, sometimes, as the Lord did, just get apart and concentrate on things that really matter. And um, all the problems of this world, all the stresses of this world, uh, it's all gonna it's all gonna be over soon. And uh, whether it's uh, through the Trump sounding, and we uh, that are alive and remain will be caught up in heaven uh, with the others, or through death, it'll all be over. And if you're saved, Christ uh, has gone to prepare a place for you. And so I want to encourage you today just to uh, find rest in Christ. And I'm going to continue our series here that we've had in um, prayer, Romans chapter 8. I've been bombarded uh, probably more than any other series I've ever preached. Um, may, maybe end times prophecy, a lot of, lot of feedback on that. But uh, this uh, last few weeks I've preached on prayer and I have received so many questions, so many comments. It's interesting. It's interesting Many, many, maybe publicly won't admit it, but privately many have admitted they just don't understand prayer. So many questions about prayer. The Bible speaks a lot of prayer. And so over these last couple weeks and today, I want to look at Romans chapter number eight, and I want to continue our series in prayer. Because all of us have that question, what is prayer? And what can I pray about? How do I pray? The disciples, they witnessed Jesus praying and they said to Jesus, teach us to pray. We looked last week, the purpose has to be through God's purpose, God's will, the power, and then it ought to bring us back to praising him when our prayers are answered. But why is it so hard to pray? I want to ask you to raise your hand. But how many of you ever started to pray and before you were finished, you were off doing something else? You were thinking something else? 
you were you were just off doing something. You've fallen asleep while you were praying. Prayer is difficult to do. Why is that? I want to speak to us today about the Spirit in prayer. The Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit in prayer. Look with me in Romans chapter 8, in verse number 26. The Bible says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Look with me in verse number 28. We love verse number 28. We can quote verse 28, but I want us to see it in this context. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Let's read that again. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Isn't that interesting? Spirit of God is there to help us. At times, we don't know what to pray. We think we should. We're not sure what to pray. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to Look into these last few words, according to the will of God. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would bless the service today. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, you're pleased with the singing, with the worship to you. And we exalt your name, we lift you up, we worship you. <laughs> Lord, I can sense here in this room, Lord, there's many needs. Lord, maybe some are frustrated with life. Some are concerned about tomorrow. Some are uncertain about what the future holds. And all of those things, Lord, can, can allow us to make decisions and worry and stress, make decisions in our flesh. And Lord, all of those things can keep us from prayer. The very things that ought to cause us to go to our knees in prayer can keep us from coming before a holy God. So Lord, I pray today that you would teach us something. Lord, we pray that your spirit would work in our hearts and our lives and convict us. Lord, I pray you teach us. Help us, Lord, to understand what we can't understand in ourselves. Give us wisdom. Give us understanding, we pray. And in this area of prayer, Lord, I pray that you answer the questions we need. Cause us to be great great prayer warriors to understand how to pray. And Lord, I pray that you would just help us in these areas. Bless this service, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe this statement will be true. All of us want to, be, want to pray better. All of us want to pray more. Matter of fact, I, I, I've never met anyone that said, I pray and I don't want God to hear my prayer. All of us pray wanting and hoping that God would hear our prayers. All of us want to pray better. Prayer, though, is difficult for all of us to do. 
I would say everyone in this room at times in their life finds it difficult to pray. But prayer, prayer is the greatest Christian privilege that we have. We can take every petition we have, every need that we have, we can take everything to God in prayer. We can enter the throne room of heaven where God sits upon the throne and we can bring our petitions and our needs before an almighty God. Prayer is the greatest privilege of a Christian, but at times as well, it's it's the greatest failure of a Christian. Because we have so many needs, we have so many wants, we have so many desires, and we fail to take them before an almighty God in prayer. You see, sometimes the problems with prayer could be this, we don't desire to pray. We don't desire to pray. Matter of fact, the the Bible will tell us this, our flesh doesn't have a desire to pray. Our flesh wants to take the problems that we have or the situations we have and deal with them in our own selves, our own wisdom, our own understanding. Sometimes we just get too busy to pray. We don't have a desire to pray. That's a problem. Sometimes our problem is this. The flesh doesn't want to pray. We're just too weak. I'm I'm reminded when Jesus took his disciples into the garden Gethsemane and he said to them, just just pray here. I'm gonna go a little farther and I'm gonna pray. Just watch and to pray. And he came back and their their flesh was tired and, and he says to them, could you not pray? Their flesh was tired. Sometimes the problem with prayer is we don't desire it. Sometimes our flesh doesn't want to pray. Sometimes we don't know how to pray. I've said this for the last couple of weeks. And again, I remind you, if you're in this, this case, the disciples themselves said to Jesus, teach us to pray. These aren't just vain words that we repeat. It's not something off a, a card that we just simply say. This is a conversation with God. Teach us how to pray. Sometimes a problem with prayer is this. Satan tries to keep us from praying. There's demonic warfare that takes place. There's demonic warfare that takes place right here in our midst. Satan doesn't want you to pray. Satan doesn't want you to have God's power. Satan doesn't want you to have God's direction. Do you understand this church? Satan would rather you go through life aimlessly trying to figure it out on your own than for you to seek God, seek God's wisdom, seek God's power. Satan doesn't want you to succeed in your Christian life. Satan discourages us from praying. You know, we like to talk about prayer. We like to sing. There's an old hymn, sweet, sweet hour of prayer. We love to sing the old hymns of prayer. We like to talk about prayer. But for many, for many, prayer is the thing that we do least. And if we were truthful, we are unsatisfied and unfulfilled in our own prayer life. So what is the answer? Because if there's great power in prayer, if prayer is how we have communicate with God, if God desires for us to pray, if God has given us the spirit of God inside of us to help us to pray, to bring our petitions before God, to, 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 to minister to us, then, then what is the answer? Because the answer cannot be weak and anemic Christians that do not pray. The answer cannot be we'll just push this off for another day. The answer must be that we must improve in this area of prayer, whether it be in our understanding of it or whether in the power of it, but the Christian must 
learn to pray if we want God's power. We will not make a difference in this generation if we don't learn to pray. Our church will not be a church that makes a difference in its community if our church is not a praying church. We could have all the best ideas that man can come up with. None of it, none of it is greater than the power of prayer. Because prayer puts God right in the middle of it all. And that's where we need to be. So what is the answer? God has given us the Holy Spirit. The answer for us in prayer is to understand the Spirit of God and prayer. What does the Spirit of God have to do with prayer? Sometimes we just utter words. Are we walking in the Spirit? Paul speaks much in Galatians chapter 5 of walking in the Spirit. We as a Christian ought to be walking in the Spirit of God. I've said this so often. I believe that many of us have learned to be good Christians. We've learned to be professional Christians and without the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. That's dangerous for us to be there. It's dangerous for us to be comfortable being Christians without the Spirit of God moving within us, directing us, and giving us wisdom. Jesus said to his disciples, when I leave, I'm going to send the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. He's going to come. It was a day of Pentecost. It was not the power. It was not the, uh, the, the, the disciples in their flesh that caused the 5,000 to be saved, but it was the power of the Holy Spirit that was working through them that 5,000 people came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's nothing, again, I say this, it's nothing that we can do in our homes, in our generation, in our church, in our community that's going to make a difference. It's We are going to make a difference when we are walking in the Spirit of God. And our prayer is going to be different when we walk in the Spirit of God. I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Would you turn there? Ephesians chapter number 6. I want you to see what Paul said to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians 6, verse number 18. Ephesians 6, 18, the Bible says this, Paul writing to the church at Ephesus says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. What's he say? In the spirit. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Go with me to Jude, the book of Jude, just the second to last uh, book of the Bible, just before Revelation, Jude, just one chapter there in Jude, verse number 20, the Bible tells us this, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying, what's it say? In the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. To pray in the flesh is going to be to fail. If we are praying in our flesh, if our flesh is dictating what we pray, when we pray, how we pray, you mark it down, Christian, you are going to be a, a failure in your prayer life. But to pray in the spirit is to succeed in the Christian life, to pray in the spirit. You see, the early church, if we were to study the book of Acts, and we went through the book of Acts, it took us almost two years or so, a year and a half, we went verse by verse through the book of Acts on a Sunday morning, and the early church advanced on its knees. The early church understood what it was about to pray. The, under, the early church, that first century church, understood that it needed God. I'm afraid so often the church in America, the westernized church, has come to the place that our comforts are found in ourselves. Our feelings are what matters, and we have left out prayer. 
We're not persecuted. We live in comfort. We live in ease. And if someone messes with our comfort or our ease or what we want, we get so easily offended. We've become professional Christians. We don't pray. We go through life. We'll work jobs. We'll raise children. We'll have relationships. We'll, we'll be in marriage. We'll have friendships. We'll, we'll, we'll join churches. And we won't pray. And we fail. One of the biggest failures, I believe, in many of our lives is the failure to pray in the Spirit. The early church advanced on its knees, and the church today in 2022 will only advance if we advance on our knees in prayer. And so I want you to see this today because we need to take time for the Lord's table here today. I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 8. If you'll just keep your place there, that your text here will be there often throughout the book of the, the chapter, Romans chapter eight here today. So please keep there. Even if we go to a different portion, keep your place there in Romans eight, we'll be back there. And I want you to see this here today. Look again with me in verse number 26. The Bible says this, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. I want you to write this down someplace in your heart, someplace that you won't forget. It's the Holy Spirit of God that activates our desire to pray. It's the Holy Spirit of God that activates our desire to pray. The Spirit moves our will to pray. The Spirit of God is what moves our will or our desire to pray. In our flesh, there's no want to pray. The basic reason we do not pray is because there is a lack of desire to pray. The desire comes from walking in the spirit of God. The closer you are to God, the, the closer you walk in the spirit of God, the more of a desire you will have to pray. The further you are from the spirit of God leading your life, the further you are from a desire to pray. And oh, my friend, it's a dangerous place when a Christian has no desire to pray because that is evidence that that Christian is not walking in the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God activates, it gives us that desire to want to pray. We have no will, we have no appetite, we have no desire in our flesh to pray. Our flesh, is our old nature. Look with me, Romans chapter eight. Look with me in verse number five of this chapter. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. If you're after the flesh, that's what's gonna be important to you. Galatians chapter five, it tells us this. If you're led by the flesh, you want strife and anger and envyings and adultery and fornication and all the things that your flesh wants, that, just walk after the flesh. But if you walk in the spirit, there's going to be love and joy and peace and long suffering and gentleness and goodness. Those are the fruit of walking in the spirit. The Bible says here again in verse number five, for they that are after the flesh, you mind the things of the flesh. If you are walking in the flesh, the things of the flesh are what's going to be important to you. But one that is walking the spirit, the things of the spirit. In verse number six, for to be carnally minded or fleshly minded, what's it say is death. 
but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is at enmity or at war with God. It's warring against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. The carnal mind is constantly at war with God. Your flesh does not desire the things that God desires for your life. The only way that we will walk or desire the things that God desires for us is for us to walk in the spirit of God. The spirit of God is so necessary for us to have the prayer life that God wants and desires for us as his children. The flesh has no desire for the things of God. The flesh, your flesh, my flesh wants me, wants you to be exalted. You say, that's not true. Just let something not go your way and see how you respond. You'll know if you're walking in the flesh. Let somebody mistreat you and see how you respond. Let somebody mess your day up and see how you respond. You'll know if you're walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh. How do you respond to difficulties in your life? You'll know. You'll know. Because the fruit of what you're walking and the fruit of who's winning that war that's taking place inside of you will show you who you're after, your flesh or are you walking after the spirit? The flesh has no desire for the things of God. How does the spirit activate or desire? Look with me in verse number 15 of the same chapter, if you would please. Chapter eight, verse 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now that you're saved, you're not placed under a spirit of bondage again, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, I love this verse, we cry, Abba, Father, Uh, Once we're saved, the Spirit of God dwells inside of us. And now when we walk in the Spirit, the Spirit of God will lead us to cry out, Abba, Father, want to communicate, desire to pray to our Heavenly Father. Before that, there's no desire to pray. Before that, our flesh is in control. Our flesh wants what it wants. But when we walk in the Spirit, the Spirit of God will always lead us in communion with our Heavenly Father. You see, when we're saved, you have received the spirit of adoption. Now that you're saved, you are heirs of God. Now in the family of God, in the the Holy Spirit now dwells inside of us. And the Spirit gives us the desire to cry out to the Father. One of the wonderful things about, one of the wonderful privileges of being a Christian is the fact that the Spirit of God dwells inside of us and he's constantly giving us that desire to pray. God has sent forth the Spirit into our hearts to cry, Abba, Father. You see, it's, it, it's our natural, or it, it is as natural to cry, Abba, Father, now that we're saved when we're walking in the spirit as it is for us to talk with our own earthly father. My children, when they see me, none of them fear. They're not, they're not, they're not just walking around trying to avoid me. You kidding me? The other night, my daughter got her car and she said to me, dad, I need gas in the car. I thought to myself, you have a car, go get gas but I knew what she wanted. She wanted me to take her 
and me to pump her gas and me to pay for her gas. And guess exactly what happened? I went to, with her to get gas. I pumped her gas. I paid for her gas. And yesterday she so, so gently reminded me that she has driven a lot this past week and her gas gauge is moving down. I know what that means. She wants another date to the gas station. And when my youngest hears that, my youngest says, I'll go as well. My youngest doesn't have a car. My youngest doesn't need gas. But my youngest wants to go into that little store and get cakes and candy and and pop. This is why, because this is her father. And none of them were ashamed or embarrassed to ask. Why? Because I'm their father. Their father. And that ought to be the natural thing for us now that we're saved, is to go to our heavenly father and cry, Abba, Father, with every need that we have. And it is the Holy Spirit of God that activates that desire, that it brings us into that presence of God. Look with me in Romans chapter eight, verse nine, if you would please. Romans chapter eight, verse number nine. But ye are not in the flesh. Who's he speaking to? He's speaking to Christians. For you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of of Christ, he is none of his. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's just like Christ is, is in us as Christians. Christ is in us. The spirit of Christ. The disciples were on their own when, 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 and, when watching Christ and in Luke chapter 11, one, when they're watching Christ and they're saying to Christ, teach us to pray. It's Christ that is that model for us to pray. It's Christ that gives us that desire to pray. It's Christ that gives us and, and the Holy Spirit of God that dwells inside of us. It's just like Christ living inside of us. The spirit of Christ is in you. Go, go to with me to Philippians chapter two. Philippians chapter two, if you would please. Quickly over to Philippians chapter two, verse 13. Are you with me this morning? For it is God. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Let me read that again. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You see, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit in us. It's God working in us. It's Christ working in us. It's the Spirit of God working in us that gives us that desire to pray. I want you to write this down, number two. The Holy Spirit makes you alive in prayer. The Holy Spirit of God makes you alive Go back to Romans chapter eight, verse number 10. If you would please, Romans 10, I'm sorry, Romans eight, verse 10. The Bible tells us this, and if Christ be in you, how many of you would say Christ is in me? Would you say amen? Christ, then if Christ is be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life 
because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwelleth in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Oh, listen to me today. The spirit makes you alive. The Holy Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead is the same spirit, the same Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. And he makes you alive. Oh, listen to me today. We are not dead. We are alive because of the spirit that lives inside of us. And that same very spirit that makes us alive is the same spirit that gives us the strength that we need to pray. It's the spirit of God. You you can't separate the two. Prayer is necessary and prayer is a privilege and prayer is powerful, but prayer must be done through the Spirit of God. Prayer is not some quick little word just to get through to make us look good. Prayer is not just some quick little repeating of a phrase to get God's attention. But prayer is done when you humble yourself and you commit yourself to walking in the spirit of God and you surrender your will and you surrender your flesh to allow the spirit of God to live inside of you. It's the spirit of God that makes you alive. It's the spirit of God that gives you strength to pray. Paul talks about laboring in prayer. Laboring in prayer. Prayer is work. Prayer is tiresome. Matthew 26, 41, Jesus was praying in the garden and the disciples were asleep. And Jesus said, watch and pray. The spirit is willing, but what? The flesh is weak. Oh, us all, if you study through this subject of prayer, you will find that we are commanded to pray without ceasing. We are commanded to take all of our needs to God in prayer. We are commanded to ask and to to knock, and and we're commanded to do these things. But if you take a, a deeper study in prayer, we're commanded to do all those things under the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Prayer. Jesus said, watch and pray. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Why do we battle with prayer? Why do we get so tired in prayer? Why is prayer such a difficult thing for us? Because the flesh is weak. And anything that you set out to do in your flesh is always going to fail. We cannot pray without the spirit of God making us alive. Romans 8, verse number 11. Look with me, if you would please, there, same chapter Verse number 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. The spirit of God is what gives us, makes us alive. It's the spirit of God that gives us the energy to pray. Our bodies and our flesh are weak. We need the spirit of God. Thirdly, if you would, if you'd write this down, look with me. Again, our text verse, verse number 26. The Bible says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Aren't you so thankful for that? I try to take problems on in my own flesh. Just like you. And it brings me a place of frustration. It brings me a place of weakness. 
I try to handle problems and sometimes we think, well, that's what men do. We, we handle problems. Listen to me, men, every man in this room, you're not, you're not strong enough. You're not wise enough. You're not knowledgeable enough to handle your problems without prayer. God never intended that. The Holy Spirit adapts our request. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit of God takes our request and adapts our request. Verse number 26 again, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, there's a big uh, uh, confusion about this verse. I've heard people say this. Yeah, when you don't know what to pray, you're just groaning. The Holy Spirit takes those groanings and he takes what you don't know what to say to God. That's not what that verse is saying. It's not you groaning. Let's read it again. Look with me again in verse number 26. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with, it's the spirit that maketh intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. He adapts our request. He brings our request before God. Prayer delivers us from self-dependency. Don't miss this. Prayer delivers us from self-dependency. I am afraid so many in this room today are making decisions for yourself, for your families, and you have not truly given it a matter of prayer. And you're on a dangerous course because what you are saying is my knowledge and my wisdom and my understanding of every situation is what's needed. Then, oh, listen to me. We need to take our petitions to God in prayer. We need to pray in the spirit because prayer delivers us from self-dependency. I cannot tell you how many times if I were to act in my flesh, I would be wrong on a daily basis. And normally my first my first desire of what I want to do in the face of a difficulty, in the face of a, a situation is normally my flesh. But once you walk in the spirit and give this a sincere matter of prayer and you allow the spirit of God to direct you and guide you, you allow the spirit of God to take that request and take it before the throne room of heaven and tell God what you need. It's then and only then that you hear from heaven. We must understand this, Christian. We cannot do it on our own. And when we pray in the spirit, we are face to face with him. And we together take that prayer before an almighty God. So often we don't know what to pray. So often it's so hard to pray. And how will we know how to pray? By letting the Spirit of God help us. You see this again, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. You know what you have to admit? Weakness. You have to, I deal with it so often, people with boldness and brass and contention. I've prayed about this. No, you haven't. Your spirit shows you have not. I've 
prayed about this. No, you haven't. Because prayer is a humbling of yourself. I don't know what to do. And that's when the Holy Spirit of God says, I'll take this. I'll take your humility. I'll take, I'll take your admission that you can't depend upon yourself. I'll take your weakness. I'll take your infirmity and I'll bring it before an almighty God. And I'll intercede for you. I'll speak where you can't speak. I'll say what you don't know what to say. I'll take this into the throne room of heaven so that your requests are made known to God so that you can receive insight and power from God. But so often, he don't really want what God wants because our flesh is fighting with God. We don't really want what God wants because if we got what God wants, we wouldn't get what we want. And that limits our prayer. You see, when we truly pray, it ought to change what we initially wanted and desired. Because we're submitting to the Spirit of God, being led by the Spirit of God, hearing from God and hearing the answer to God. How will we know how to pray? The Holy Spirit will teach us. The Holy Spirit of God articulates our needs. Go with me in closing today. Go with me to the book of Ephesians, if you would please. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 18. This is how we pray. To the Father, through the Son, and in the Spirit. For through him... Verse number 18, Ephesians 2, 18, for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. For through him, who? Jesus Christ. We have access by one spirit unto the Father. This is biblical prayer. This is prayer that every one of us ought to learn. Prayer, the Bible way, is always to the Father, through the Son, and in the Spirit. You see, you can't pray and leave the Spirit out. You're wasting your time. It's religion. It's words. It's vain repetition. The Spirit of God and walking in the Spirit of God is an important, necessary part for the believer that truly desires to pray. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.